Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all so much once again for tuning in on this beautiful Wellness Wednesday. As you all already know, I release all of my episodes on Wednesdays to kind of help you guys make your Wednesdays a beautiful health and wellness day. Uh, today, I have a really, really awesome guest on the show today. Um, her name is Kristen. She is a uh, well, she's both a server of tea for tea ceremonies, as well as the owner of her own jewelry line. And today we dive really deep on what the tea ceremonies are, that, that specifically the tea ceremonies that she performs, because there are differing types of tea ceremonies. So, for example, the tea ceremony that we cover in this episode is referred to as Cha Dao, which is literally translated into the way of tea. So it's a very beautiful practice. Um, just to give you a little bit of a background, this is actually a bit of a meditative practice. So when you go through this tea ceremony, you are in silence the entire time. And they're usually about an hour long, I would say, at least the ones that I've been to. And it's a very, very beautiful, kind of simplistic, but elegant setup and usually includes a lot of the elements. So obviously I align with that, uh, being that this is the Elemental Evan show, but it's very, just a very beautiful setting and really an amazing practice to be quiet with yourself and to really focus on, you know, just the task at hand, not really worrying about things that are gonna happen in the future or things that have happened in the past, but, you know, really bringing your attention and awareness into the present moment. So this is really something um, that is a, awesome practice and something that my fiance Ashley has recently gotten me into. Uh, and so yeah, it was an honor for me to be able to interview someone who has been practicing this for quite a while now and uh, kind of delve into what it means for her, you know, the practice as well as the different kinds of teas. Uh, so anyways, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode today and uh, learn a little bit more about tea, which is one of the oldest um, drinks that people have been drinking aside from obviously water. And, uh, yeah, it's also just a really good way to practice a silent meditation, which we a lot of times don't typically do. So, um, actually on that note, being that I have been giving all of you a practice to do throughout the week, um, today's practice is actually going to be to practice silence. So throughout your week, or actually you could do it every single day, uh, either in the morning or the evening time, whenever you prefer, feel free to take as little as five, maybe you go 10, 15, 20 minutes, I don't know, maybe an hour where you just stay silent. Um, this is something we're not used to doing and might actually feel a little weird for you at first if you are a person who typically has background noise going on, but this is a really great practice and it gives us a moment to tune in with our bodies and really recognize, you know, what are the thoughts that are going on in our heads and, you know, how's our body feeling? So take this, uh, take this opportunity to really practice silence. Uh, it's something we don't really do enough of. And honestly, I think there's so much to be learned from silence. Um, even though obviously, no, you know, nothing is being transmuted verbal verbally, but there's still so much to be learned from, uh, silence and a practice practice of silence. So anyways, that's going to be the task for the week. And then before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to mention first off that my skin has been super, super dry here recently. 
And the thing that I have been relying on consistently every day is Alitura's body lotion, which is incredible. It's extremely, extremely clean. Uh, the owner of the company, uh, Andy Nilo, actually squirted some of the lotion on his hand and licked it off of his hand and ate it. That is literally how clean this stuff is, okay? There is no artificial anything, no synthetic you know, chemicals, nothing like that. This is very, very clean, clean products, some of the cleanest products you're gonna find on the market. And it works really well for the skin. Actually, it's I've been noticing the benefits within the first week of just using the lotion daily. Um, I actually try to pair it with another oil that they have as well, um, kind of spread it a little bit further and you know, really hydrate the skin. And, you know, they use different things like royal jelly, colostrum, bentonite clay, organic kelp powder, astaxanthin, all these different things that typically you actually think of maybe more so in form in the form of like a health food. But, you know, our skin is a very important organ as well. And uh, what we put on it is very important. It's just like, you know, what you're putting in your mouth and eating. So making sure we're putting the highest quality stuff on our skin is crucial to our skin health. And also on that note, since you guys are listeners of the Elemental Evan Show, you get a 15% discount off your entire first order with Alitura. I have a link in the show notes, which has a code with it. I believe they automatically apply the code, but nonetheless, I provide the code just in case. So go ahead and click on that link and get yourself some Alitura Naturals products. Like I said, they're extremely clean and they work super well. Andy Nilo was in a car crash a long time ago and actually founded the company because he was learning how to repair his skin without having to use, you know, um, different kinds of synthetic chemicals or surgeries and stuff like that. So anyways, go ahead and give him a check. And then last but not least, I am actually open to have a few clients on for my health coaching practice. Um, here recently, I've had a few spots open up. So if you are looking to develop a long-term practice for your health and learn directly from me all of my knowledge and help you on the path to correct your health and get you back to your natural state of health, because that's really what it's all about. We all come out of the womb, you know, the same basically, and it's all the food and chemicals that we put into our body that really derives us away from our natural state of health. And so what I'm doing is I'm helping you to get back to that natural state of health and live your life in a way that still allows you to enjoy your life the way you, you normally would, but also you know, um, includes a bunch of different practices that are very simple and easy to do, but can make a world of difference for your health. If you would like to hop on a uh, free consultation call with me, uh, feel free to reach out to me via email, or uh, you can go to my website or direct message me on Instagram. Any of those methods will work, and we can go ahead and set up a free health consultation. It's literally going to take only a little bit of your time and you're going to learn so much from it. And then we can go from there and develop your own program, a very personalized program just for you. So anyways, if you would like to do that, go ahead and reach out to me and I look forward to hearing from all of you. So I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It's really a beautiful one and uh, you know a topic that is so interesting to hear about. Um, I feel like tea is uh, such an in-depth practice and we only typically know the surface of it, you know? So anyways, I hope you all enjoy this episode. Kristen has a ton of knowledge that she's going to provide for all of you. So go ahead and tune in and get your notepads out if you need to. And peace. Hello, 
everyone. Welcome to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again today. I have the honor of interviewing the one and only Kristen Delaney. She is a jeweler, a tea practitioner, and an overall incredible human being. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. It's always an honor when I'm aligned with... Uh, some really beautiful people and I'm able to just honestly hear these incredible talks. So I'm super excited um, to get to allow our viewers to get a better understanding of who you are. Um, we're going to do some rapid fire questions. So Amazing. we'll start off with uh, where are you from? I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Very cool. How are you liking California and how long have you been here for? I've been here since 2014. I okay. Yeah, 2014. Um, we love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's nothing to hate. Yeah. The, weather, <laughs> the weather's pretty good. The weather's pretty good. I've yeah. got no complaints. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you. Um, let's see. And then what would be um, either your favorite book of all time or just favorite book in the moment? I mean, one of my like top five favorite books is probably Braiding Sweetgrass. Have you read it? No, I have not. Anyway, it's a beautiful book about like our alignment with nature and traditional ways. And I don't know. It's a beautiful book. Wow. Who, do, you know, do you know the author? No, but we'll okay. have to look that up. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I'll, I'll go ahead and maybe put that in the show yeah. notes. That's Braiding really cool. Sweetgrass. Highly recommended to everybody. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then what's a favorite quote of yours? Oh my gosh. You said this was on there, but like... I don't, I don't have a favorite quote, but uh -huh. I do sign like, I do sign all my emails off, have the best day of your life. Mm. Um, and I find that it like brings people a lot of joy and it's like a little cheeky and just catches people off guard. So I'm going to stick with that as like my signature. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, if it works, it works, yeah. right? Yeah. Whatever makes people smile, especially over email. Yeah. That's with. very true. Yeah. yeah I, I always, uh, like I'll end the show with like, do everything with good intentions, you yeah. know? Yeah, just exactly. a good kind of like overall quote, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then since we'll be talking a bit about tea, what mm -hmm. is your favorite tea? Oh, any shows? Any show? If you've sat with me at I am, you know that I always serve shows. That's what I usually drink in the morning. So we can kind of get into why later, but like, yeah, L.A. is perfect weather for that type of tea. Always for me, oh. especially on the west side. Okay, now I'm yeah. really okay. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to circle back yeah, we to can that because I I want to hear more on that. Um, but in terms of tea, because I'm still relatively new to the tea practice, tea ceremony. Um, it's probably been about two months since I've been doing sit-ins on tea ceremonies, and I've mm -hmm. been going like once or twice a week, <laughs> like pretty often. Um, but it's a very very beautiful practice, and coming from the realm of even just like meditation and stuff, it's a really beautiful mindfulness practice mm -hmm. and so I'm just curious as to how you began this whole practice and like what led you on this journey yeah um so I've always been into I'm not always but like for a very long time my life I've been into meditation and yoga I think with a lot of like younger kids it starts out like learning about you know eastern traditions right um and so I've always gravitated towards different modalities. So when I moved to LA from Boston, actually, um, I had kind of just stumbled into this group called Spirit Weavers. I went to their second gathering and Balin was serving tea ceremony there. And that would have been, yeah, that would have been middle of 2014. And then from there on out, like all the people I met were like somewhere in that Spirit Weavers knew about tea circle. So I didn't really know it was like kind of an underground thing. I thought tea was like 
very popular in LA. I thought so many people were doing tea ceremonies. So it kind of just, um, it just became all pervasive in my life. And that was like so long ago. And that's how I built a lot of my community in Los Angeles. That's really cool. And then spirit weavers, um, I believe they hold like a gathering in Oregon, right? Yeah. Now it's in Oregon. So, um, back then they did one on, um, Maya's family's land. That was the first one. The second one was down in Pioneer Town by Joshua Tree. Yep, yep. And that's the one I went to. And then for a while it was in the Redwoods. And then so they beautiful. bought, oh, stunning. It was at a camp in the Redwoods. And then they bought a piece of property in Cave Junction in Southern Oregon. So now that's where it is. Wow. Yeah. And then for people who don't know what that is, it's it's a gathering of women, It's right? a really large gathering of women. Um, and I think it's mostly billed as like an ancestral skills gathering, Beautiful. Um, which has been life transformative for in different stages of your life. Cause you have so many different ages of women and women bringing different sort of skills and mm. knowledge, you know, tea and herbalism and I don't know, so many, so yeah. many lost kind of ideals. So that's so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love all those uh, old practices, you know, mm-hmm. and then just being in a space where there's so many people and so much knowledge, you know, being passed around. And people around. hungry for that knowledge, you yeah. know what I mean? Like people that are there, like they've made all, they've made it, you know, all the way out to Southern Oregon, which is like, you know, Medford's the closest airport. And even then it's still like an hour and a half from there. So you have to really, you have to want to be there. Yeah. Um, and I think that fosters a, a certain environment for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. And so you said Balin was there serving tea? Yeah, she's there serving tea. Um, Mm. And from what I understand, I mean, you have to talk to maybe some other people too, but tea was relatively new in, new-ish in LA Mm -hmm. um, around that time. Maybe had come in a few years before that through some other people. Um, I don't want to throw out details until I'm like 100% on that. But um, it was actually kind of relatively new in LA at that point and so she was serving and I think it called to a lot of people every every year that um it's been served at Spirit Weavers I feel like it's just gained so much from momentum yeah well it's also I mean for some people obviously it's not their thing but it is one of those practices where um at least for me personally the first time I I had a tea ceremony it was kind of like walking away you're like oh my god that was really pretty you know that was a uh, it's a very simple and I think that's what makes it so beautiful is the simplicity in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's just, it's really, really great tea in silence and that kind of a practice can leave you feeling like very calm and, and just uh, with a very clear mind, which a lot of times like we don't get in our day to day life, I think. So that's really cool. I also find it very accessible <clears throat> for people, for either people that are nervous about meditating. It's, I feel like it's an easier practice if you know, you're you're interested in meditating tea is an easy sell to you but i feel like people that are maybe a little more hesitant about cultivating a meditation practice tea is a great entry point because there's an activity right Mm -hmm. you're not asked to like sit on a cushion and you know just be quiet for an hour there's like something you can watch there's something you can engage in and so i think it feels a little less daunting for people because if they're not able to be in silence with their thoughts you know, they sometimes there's music. They can just watch the pouring. They can watch the the movements, the circular, beautiful movements, which I think is calming. You know, that's you, that's actually really super true. And I didn't ever think of it like that. But meditation can be daunting for a lot oh, of people. For sure. Nobody wants to sit in silence. Yeah, people dread it. It's yeah. horrible. Like 
to get people to sign up for a meditation class is like, you know, pulling teeth. Yeah. It's easier in LA because people yeah. are into it. But like other places, it's really, it's not easy. No. Nobody wants to do that. Well, I mean, I think even when I started meditation, I, I was doing it because I knew it was good for me, but right. not because I wanted to. Right. And so it was like, oh, okay, five minutes, fine. I'll like right. put the timer. But now I'm like, oh, like I need to meditate right now. So mm-hmm. oh, that's really true. And and yeah, it's not it's not as scary. It's like there you're going there with a kind of like a purpose, yeah. right? That's yeah, kind of, that's yeah, really... that is like when I'm trying to bring in new people or like, um, yeah, trying to tell people they should come sit at IM or just sit for tea period. I do kind of use the angle of like, just, you know, watch the activity. Don't mm-hmm. feel like the pressure to like close your eyes and meditate and like bring up all your shadow self. Like that's yeah. not necessary. Yeah. You know, you can, you can do that later. That's yeah. what tea is for later. <laughs> but, um, I do find it like a really gentle entry to meditation. Mm-hmm. I agree on that for yeah. sure. So, and then for our listeners, um, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people who have never done a tea ceremony. Could you walk us through, um, kind of how a tea ceremony would go and like what the setup is like and, and yeah, just kind of like you go in as depth as you would like to, but yeah, I can definitely do my best. Cause it is, as you've seen, like very, I don't know, the, the layout is also about like natural beauty and the aesthetics of it, but how, more or less there's going to be variations but you'd have some sort of a runner or a table called the chashi and you'll have like some sort of a floral element on one side of the table um optional little incense holder depends on the type of tea you're serving um there's leaves in a bowl which i don't have you had that leaves in a bowl um is that's basically where you just put like you just the leaves put, in i the think friends like mm-hmm. serve that before where it's just like leaves in hot water it leaves out the side handle part okay. of it okay so there's leaves in a bowl which is like beautiful and simple great beginners practice for anybody what i generally serve there um is as side handle so it's like a little pot side handle, pretty self-explanatory and you're just I don't know, you're just going with the flow and the circular motions of turning the bowls and pouring the water and it's like this beautiful arch and um, I don't know, for some reason like the image that's cultivating to me in my mind is like this falling leaf which Mm -hmm. like goes so beautifully with tea, like how it goes back and forth and Mm -hmm. back and forth and that's kind of the in and out breath of the ceremony, right? So like I pour the tea, I connect with you, put the bowl down, you drink, you put bring the bowl back to me and it just goes round after round for I don't know roughly 45 minutes to right. an hour um and like I could I could describe you know the types of flowers or whatever but that's so personal to whoever's serving to the landscape you're in the setting you're in the type of day mm-hmm. so like those are all things that when I'm serving I take into account like what season is it right um what flowers are in bloom like i wouldn't want to do some sort of like red holiday flowers in the middle of spring or something you know what i mean um so you want things that feel appropriate to the set and setting that's really i so i always have noticed the floral component but i didn't know that it even went that deep as to the season you're in well and even the even the trashy like the runner like Mm -hmm. you you're, let's say you're serving like um, a midday or morning tea. You're not going to do like some dark black runner. You know what oh, I mean? Like think about, if you think about in your mind, like how, if you can picture you at the sit and like think about if like I had dark flowers and dark chashi and dark bowls, like all the setting was dark, but it was like a morning sit 
and so you're feeling all bright and sunny, but then you come in, it, like those things would feel off if you're not taking those things into account. Yeah. Right. See, that's, that's what's so cool is like, you know, there's more depth to it, but you can't really put your finger on it as like mm-hmm. a first timer, you know, you just yeah. realize that it's so beautiful and it's bringing so many different elements into it. And, but energetically your fingers on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. You would, you'd feel if it was off, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's very true. Yeah. But you know, obviously it's been luckily <laughs> it's been right because you, you would notice that energetically walking and I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. I mean, that, that totally makes sense. I've only done the evening time, uh, mm-hmm. serves, uh, we do a, a morning serve here, yeah. uh, but that's just a little bit, I would say less, um, less professional. You know, oh, yeah. kind of, I like, mean, I have a casual, casual practice at my house too, you know, yeah, which is still just as beautiful, yeah. but, um, yeah, it's really, it's so interesting. And, and what I've really enjoyed too is um, being able to, from a yogic perspective, you know, it's like the um, putting, you know, single pointed focus, like really focusing on what you're doing. And a lot of the times I think with food and drinks and pretty much anything in life, our minds are almost never like fully present on just the one thing we're mm-hmm. doing. But the practice of silence kind of makes you have to be present. You know, like this is what we're doing. We're just serving tea and you're like, you know, you smell the tea, you drink the tea Mm -hmm. and you feel it as well, which is really cool. Um, that's something that I noticed with a lot of my health coaching is I tell people when you eat food after you're done eating, like sit with it and see how that feels with your body. Mm -hmm. Because people are always like, Oh, I don't know if I'm allergic to this or that, but it's like, well, how do you feel after you eat that food? Because there's even certain foods that might be causing a lot of inflammation, but you're just like not conscious enough in that moment Mm -hmm. to like, really understand how that's interacting with the body. And I think that's so important to do. And with tea, you have that opportunity to sit down, taste it. And like specific teas can make you feel maybe like a different way, you know? Totally. Yeah. I mean, we're too busy, right? Exactly. We (laughs) really are. It's too uncomfortable. Yeah. It's too uncomfortable generally to sit with those things. So like when you ask someone to do that, whether it's like nutrition or whether it's coming to a, you know, tea ceremony, people are uncomfortable with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't, cause they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not their, it's not their normal practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just new, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, so that's kind of the gist of the tea ceremony. And then as far as, um, your training, you, so you did spend some time in Taiwan as well, learning the practice of tea ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even, I mean, it's hard to even say that I have a training because it's just been my personal practice for since, you know, I'd say on and off starting in 2014 and it really kind of ramped up where I was doing daily, daily sits more intensely in 2017. Okay. Um, and that's when I did, I did a training with Balin when I was pregnant with my first daughter and then I went to Taiwan in 2000. 19 when I was pregnant with my second daughter. Okay. Um, so I've just done like in-depth studies on my personal practice, um, which have allowed me to also feel comfortable serving others. You Mm -hmm. know, there's no, there's no rule that like you have to have X amount of training to do like 200 hours, you know, for yoga, you don't have to have 200 hours in order to serve other people. But I think it's more about having, um, cultivated your own practice first Mm -hmm. and you know humbly serving those close to you second right and just having above all a reverence for the practice versus 
oh, I'm a tea practitioner and I want to serve all these people and that's now my business, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I think when it comes from there, it's really different yeah. versus, you know, I'm just showing up on Sundays to cultivate my own practice and cultivate my own practice and community and give back to others, yeah. you know? Like, that's most important. Yeah, absolutely. And you know? I think tea ceremony from what I've gotten so far is almost like, not not a way of life, but it's a daily practice. It becomes a part yeah, of your life, right? Yeah, I would say cultivation of your daily practice is like above and beyond, like the most important part. Before mm-hmm. you're serving others, you need to like be having a daily practice yourself in my mind. Right. You know, it, right. it's teaches yeah, that you a lot. Sense. Yeah. 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 Like going back to the yoga, like you wouldn't want to take a class from someone who That's, has only, yeah, they don't yeah. have a self-practice, <laughs> They don't right? have a self-practice. Yeah. That's, it's the same with with most tra- traditions, and you can also like with yoga too. You can tell when someone isn't in their truth about their own practice, and they're just serving from a different space, you know. Mm-hmm. And they don't have um, what's it? I'm blanking on the word, but they don't have reverence. They don't have reverence for the tradition and and the hours put in. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's absolutely true. Um, and then as far as I've I've heard. Fran talk a little bit mm-hmm. about the space in Taiwan, but is it, it's on a, like a, like a field of tea plants or tea, like. Oh, I think it is now. So that's, that is a new space Okay. that they, um, were in a rented house that they had been in for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And that's where I went to, um, do my two weeks. Cool. And that's where like some of our friends have lived. And then I think it was right before COVID they moved out of that space and they had all the intention to open up a new space, but luckily they hadn't yet. Right. And then COVID and I think they're just kind of maybe waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Before they start taking people again. But yeah, so I haven't been to where they are now. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely love to go visit one day. Right. It sounds like a beautiful place. But they place. still take you to tea, you know, pick tea and watch mm-hmm. tea be processed. Mm-hmm. And you still do a lot of those things when right. when we went. To do that. Yeah. yeah. And what was, like, what portion of that was, like, most intriguing to you? Like, from the from the harvesting portion or, like, because they also ferment a lot of the teas. Like, yeah. Like, queer, right? Mm-hmm. So, the part that's most interesting to me is, like, living in the space. You know, like, um, waking up, having a sit, having a lesson, doing your evening and morning, your evening and morning meditations, um, having that like strict schedule of living in, um, a space where you're cultivating, you know, a meditative, meditative mind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important too, because. So different from what we do every day. It's very you know? different, yeah. yeah. But it's also, like you said, kind of living living the truth of it, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that's so important, you know, because with anything, you can practice it once, you know, here and there, but mm-hmm. realistically to cultivate that into a, a way of life, you know, you have to practice that every day and kind of live it. So yeah. that's really cool. And it's not, it's definitely not like an easy schedule. Like no. the, the morning is like an hour the, I'm trying to remember back, but if I remember correctly, the morning is an hour and then you have tea and lessons and you're eating at specific times. And mm. it's just really different from, you know, we have so much choice in our daily life. Yeah. And when you're living kind of more communally, you don't have that kind of choice. Yeah. So you can't yeah. be like, oh, I'm too tired for, you know, to sit for an hour or two tonight. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's so true. It's uh, having the consistency and the structure is, mm-hmm. is super important. And it's kind of hard to have in your day-to-day life, but it's something I try to do with like my meditations and readings and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, so that to me is the mo- was the most interesting part of. I mean, all the rest was was beautiful, and mm-hmm. I loved picking tea and processing it. And doing oh, you got like, to pick it and do it. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and do like tastings and stuff on the farm, mm-hmm. but the daily ins and outs were most interesting to me. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so if I'm correct, like, uh, so the the darker teas like a puer, those are the fermented teas, correct? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Okay. And then well, on that note, yes, I wanted, but... well, I wanted to ask about your favorite tea. Yeah. Um, and so you said it was a show pu- show Yeah. Right? Um, shows. I just, I love dark teas. Okay. Yeah. Um, and shows to me are just like, they're gentle on the stomach, mm-hmm. even though they are dark. And obviously if you brew it really strongly or something like that can be a little harsher, but I just find like, we, you know, we live in the west side of LA and it's chilly in the mornings. So you're able to drink it year round. Like mm-hmm. if you lived in the Inland Empire and you know, it's like 90 degrees at 8am, yeah. you don't want that like hot, dark tea. You want something lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but living on the west side of Los Angeles, the weather's pretty much the same in the morning yeah. year round. Yeah. So, um, and I also, when I serve, I serve Sunday nights at I am okay. usually, and I find that it's a easy evening tea to still allow people to rest at night and not be too activated. We mm-hmm. have certainties like some of the reds that are much more activating or even purples, which I love for like creative work. I have like certain oh, wow. teas I love for certain jobs, which kind of speaks to like that energy you were talking about. If you just sit with a food or a tea or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can feel the different energy of it. Um, but you know, those can be a little too activating in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I've had primarily the shows because, um, yeah, I was always kind of like, I wanted to do the tea ceremonies, but I was like, oh, like there's caffeine, like maybe mm-hmm. I'll have trouble sleeping. But yeah, it's been very gentle every time. Like, yeah. uh, no, no issues with sleeping. So it, it's obviously much lower in caffeine levels. Um, but yeah. I mean, the, the way I describe it to people that are actually concerned about the caffeine mm-hmm. situation, um, and this is, if any of my tea brothers and sisters are listening, like this is the most rudimentary way to describe it, but it's a great analogy to the lay person because yeah. if you think of a tea bag, right, all you're doing is you're constantly re-steeping the same tea bag. It's not like every round I'm putting new tea in. So you're really just extracting the same caffeine and tea and flavors over and over mm-hmm. and over again. You know, it's just, you're just re-steeping the same amount. You're not adding more caffeine to it. Right. You know? And it's also much lower in caffeine oh, than like much, coffee much, much. And, oh, yeah. and stuff like it's that. It's not so, even, yeah. Yeah, it's like a fraction of it. So. I know, like, because, I mean, I've obviously had two children that were very steeped in tea and they came out just, like, <laughs> yeah. going through Taiwan and going through a training with Balin, like, I've had a lot of tea. Yeah. And I know pregnant people sometimes can be nervous about coming to a sit and I'm like, I literally drowned both my children in tea. So I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't worry. They're fine. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, and, and like you said, the shows are extremely soft, I think, yeah. in, in general. So that's a really good tea to, to use for that. I haven't had too many other kinds of teas. Like, I think we tried, um, I think it was a red. It was called, like, 
uh, the, I think it was the Rose Quartz. Okay, I don't think I've had that Okay, one. Yeah. it was, uh, here recently we had tried it. It was really, really tasty, mm-hmm. super like nice scent to it as well um but actually i kind of like the shows like they have a almost like a stronger scent yeah yeah and a strong like woody earthy scent to it yeah um you can like yeah you can really feel that energy Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and then also too like a lot of these higher quality teas like the ones that you would serve at the tea Mm -hmm. ceremony from global tea hut or any of these um you know high quality brands like those teas, if I'm not mistaken, they're like direct from the farmer as well, correct? Yeah, Global Tea Hut like has had you know decades long relationships with the farmers, with people processing wow. it. Like we're talking about like the cleanest of the clean situations of tea you could possibly get. Wow, you know, and obviously there's no like tea bag. There's nothing to contaminate the situation. You're getting just like direct transmission of like leaf, hot water elements. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. Um, I I always think of like when you're when you're getting something from a farmer like just directly from them. I think that's such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really their work and their practice, and it. it's just like untouched. It's un unaltered by any other thing. When you know? the farmers they're working with are like making making a practice of doing it ethically, wow. and you know, no pesticides, no nothing to contaminate it. You mm-hmm. know, like that's that would be a non-starter for. For a teacher so yeah mm-hmm. and uh as well it's um there's different like kind of qualities of tea as well right like in terms of uh like i know with i, I think i was talking with fran about this like with, with coffee you have like different grades of coffee mm. so you have like the, the high high quality coffee mm-hmm. second grade and like third grade is that kind of like so the stuff we get on the store shelves like in tea bags is that kind of like the lower quality tea or yeah it is but I mean, herbal, herbal medicine is herbal medicine. Right. Um, but I mean, so I have an herbalism practice as well. And like something we always talk about in herbalism is like, if you take an herb and you chop it up or you powder it and it's just leaving oxygenated for that long in mm-hmm. a bag, mm-hmm. it's, it's not dead, but it's not a living entity. You know right. what I mean? You can't, a powdered something unless you're powdering it yourself, like in the moment is a completely different medicinal quality to it, Hmm. you know? Interesting. And I would put, you know, teas with that too. Not even touching like the whole pesticide or fertilizer, you know, not even touching those issues, just merely like chopping it up and putting it in a bag, not even talking about what kind of bag it is in or is there glues in the bag and you're heating the glues, like, you know. Yeah, you don't a have whole to get like all crazy yeah. about it, but <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the less you can add to it, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think that really does come out in the flavor of the tea in a tea ceremony, or mm-hmm. well, just in general, the tea from Global Tea Hut. Oh, you totally. Know, like, have you guys so done clean. boiled tea at all? Um, no, so we haven't done that yet. Actually, we've mainly just been been doing the side pour like tea ceremonies. Um, I don't even think we've done. Uh, leaves in a bowl yet so we definitely should do leaves in a bowl because yeah. it's a great start to your practice but if you take like let's say you have your sit mm-hmm. and the leaves are you're like oh there might still be more in it. take it put it in a glass teapot mm-hmm. and boil it just on the stove and it's like if you come to a workshop or a party or whatever at am we'll serve boiled tea so oh, it's cool. like all the leftover tea that still has so much left in it right but and it just needs longer steeps and more boiling on the stove mm-hmm. to bring out all of it right um so like on sunday if 
you know, we sit and I'm like, oh, Fran, there's still so much left in this. She'll, you know, go boil it downstairs and pass it out or at home I'll collect like over, you know, a day or two and Mm -hmm. boil it. That's really cool. Yeah. Because you're still getting that energy. You're still getting that medicinal use out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it has so much in it. And also too, like these teas, there's so much that goes into it. Like, um... A lot of them are very like old yeah, growth trees, right? Super old ones, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it has a similar situation as wine. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can get a early two thousands show that's like you know been aged, and lots of people. There's like a tea storage in Taiwan that like so many of our brothers and sisters are storing cakes in right now because oh, Taiwan cool. is like a a great climate for storing tea. Really, we're really dry here. We don't have a mm-hmm. lot of humidity, so. It's best to just drink all your tea when you live here. Okay. Um, not store it so much as in Taiwan has so much like humidity and interesting. And so that helps it. to preserve it kind yeah. of long. Oh, wow. And so like if there's a really good cake that's coming out, I know our friends will buy a whole stack of the cakes and put it in the ta- Taiwan storage. Yeah. Yeah. And also for the listeners, um, when she says cakes, like it's because oh, yeah. they, they're pressed <laughs> like into these like disc. round discs. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. um it's so different from like if you're just used to a tea bag and you see like a tea cake, you're like, how do I even <laughs> yeah. get this into a pot or yeah. a cup? Or like, what do I do with this? So yeah, you usually have like a little knife or if it's really easy to break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but they're compressed cakes. I've had some that are kind of harder to break. Mm. Is that just because they've been out longer? No, or it's what just is... they're compressed tighter. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And I find that like certain leaves don't ever get compressed as much. So just like... There was this cake a long time ago called Ambrosia that was like, literally you could have built houses. This brick was so hard. And I think many of us broke tea knives, like trying to get this thing open just because it was like so compressed. Oh, wow. So it just really depends. Okay. Got yeah. You. And, and then, there's ways to open cakes that we won't go into. If you, if no, if your listeners haven't sat for a tea ceremony, we don't need to go into the ways of like <laughs> opening, opening a tea, tea cake. Yeah. 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 Okay. But. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's so much that goes into it. And like, well, actually, another question I had was, so I know that I've had teas where um, it's very old, but I'm guessing that that's the, in terms of like how long it's been aged, right? And like stored for, Mm -hmm. but how, on average, do you know, like what the length or lifespan of like these, uh, these tea plants are like usually, like, are they around for 20 or 30 years or anything like that? There are some, and I'll say, um, like if you go on the Global Tea Hut mm-hmm. website and you're like looking at them, he'll say on there like old growth trees or um, if it's, I'm sure if it's something, if you get the Global Tea Hut magazine, there are a few that he goes like really in depth with about like how old the actual trees are wow. and are they, you know, how are they planted? And he's, he geeks out really when I say he, I'm talking about Uda, he geeks out really hard on like how it happens. Yeah. Like he, I mean, obviously he loves the ceremony portion of it and that's so beautiful, but I think he also is equally invested in the science and, um, detail of the processing of teas and how it comes to, mm-hmm. comes to the table in the first place. Yeah. Cause Wuda is, he, so he's the teacher, yeah. right? He's your mm-hmm. teacher. And, um, I know in some of the, the recent article or magazines that they've released, he, has been talking about like a specific style of like um, tea pottery, right? Oh yeah, and he goes he goes it's deep. Amazing though. Like I have I keep all my magazines from mm-hmm. you know the time I started getting Global Tea Hut because they're like an in depth wealth of information about the like any element of the of tea, tea? products, and you can find them online too. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think he was even saying that some of the translations he has are like, he is the only person who's translating right. those into English. as mm-hmm. it. So that's the first translation into English. That's it's crazy. crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy to be able to learn from a living teacher in mm-hmm. this day and age. That just doesn't, ha- that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. No, um, it, it, I, I definitely, I like, I have to go out there and, and, yeah. and see the whole practice for sure. Cause that's really beautiful. Um, just even travel around the world and sit with people for tea. The, the community is so large, you know, I think it's on every continent and, mm-hmm. you know, the members are so excited to have people for tea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so cool. I, I, I really like, I never thought I would be like so into the tea practice, you know, mm-hmm. but just going, I think it's the tea ceremony itself that really kind of draws you in, you know, it's like it's the energy so you walk away with it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like I love, I love the tea and I love the, the tea portion of it and how medicinal it has been in my life. But I think the more interesting part is like when you're sitting in community and you know, like you and I could be sitting together and I literally don't know your name. Cause it's not like you, we don't introduce ourselves right. at the beginning. Right. But I, you and I are sitting in each other's energy. So inter- interwoven for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I've made some of like my deepest friendships that way Yeah. without knowing what their last name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where they live. I don't know what their last name is, but like, I know how they feel when they're in that space. I know what their share is afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's an interesting way that's so different from how we communicate day to day that I think that's kind of the more, that's like one of the addicting parts when you start sitting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Like I've, I've met people in the sit and even through their share after that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause like, um, so after a tea ceremony mm. for the listeners, like you have a share, right? Like, it's not mandatory. It's really up to the server. Mm. So like, but I like it because I feel like it grounds everybody. Oh, and okay. I feel like, I, I feel like I am mostly we do that, but it's not, you know, don't go in expecting that. Gotcha. You know? Okay. Um, I think that's just something a lot of us enjoy. Because I do think it, like you, I mean, go ahead and share because you're saying it brings community together, right? It does, yeah. yeah. It's it's really interesting. Like you'll have some pretty profound thoughts a lot mm-hmm. of times and it's like based off of the simplicity of just the tea, but you can tie it to other portions of life. Mm-hmm. And I've had some people in the tea uh, sits and they'll share something like very deep about mm-hmm. themselves, you know? And, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's weird because no one's talking, but you do kind of get a sense of like what they're feeling and what they're going through or what their thought process is. And yeah, yeah it's really And lots of times, practice. like if you're doing the shares, what someone shares at the beginning is like oddly reflected through a lot of people's shares at the end. Like mm, yeah. you'll notice that yeah. everyone's on this similar thread, you know? Yeah. Which I always think is interesting. Yeah, it's, it's not true. like we planned that. It's yeah. not like it's not like I said something at the beginning that's I'm like everybody, this is our intention. Like I'm, there's no not talking, right. so right. everyone just arrived there on their own. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It's kind of interesting how that like collective maybe like consciousness can work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that whole the whole aspect of of the tea sit and then being in silence, which I kind of wanted to ask you like yeah. why you uh, like. How, like, maybe, because I want to talk about the silence portion of a tea sit and just how important that is in our day-to-day lives because we are so, like, up and go. But mm-hmm. why, uh, like, what level of depthness does the, the 
silence kind of add to these tea shares? Like as opposed to like a social tea share where you're sitting there like sipping tea and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, why is the silence portion so important? Well, I think I first have a question for you. Have you ever sat in a set where there's actually no music? No, no, I'm not. So those are two different types of silence. Okay. Um, I would say more often than not, we have, we have music because I do find that like having that background music does put people at ease a little bit. And you know, it is on a busier street, so it helps like drown, it helps set the tone for the Mm -hmm. ceremony. Um, so since that's the most common, I'll speak to that one first, but I feel like since we never sit in silence, we don't give our inner voice a chance to come through often. Like uh, often the voice you hear is ego or external critique that's just resonating your head. Like very seldom, I think, do people actually hear their internal voice. Um, And I think a lot of people think they don't have one or they don't know what it would sound like if they did. So it's a good introduction to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really is. Especially because I know so many people who, and I won't like put any names out there, but they, uh, at their house, like they aren't able to just have silence in the house. Like it's either, Mm -hmm. um, TV's on, radio's on, some kind of like, even if it's a podcast, which is obviously informational Mm -hmm. and stuff, it's still like, you rarely have these moments unless you're asleep where it's just quiet and still. You know, and mm-hmm. you really can sit and reflect with your own thoughts, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think in a way, like you said, it is almost like a weird, like, I think people are scared of it because it's new, right? Like yeah. you're saying, like, we don't do it very often. I think they're worried about what comes up sometimes. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of stuff can come up in, in the silence. I mean. And I don't think it's bad. It's stuff that no. obviously needs to come up. Uh, and I think sometimes when you push not push through it, but when you sit longer with that, the stuff that you're afraid of that comes up, you watch it blow past. And then you mm. realize like how, how easily those things blow past. But if you don't give it, if you like, or you're sitting and you feel it come up and then you just shut it down and turn something on, you don't give it that time to blow past to like get to the next what's under that. Right. Cause it may not be as, you know, quote unquote scary as some people, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're not allowing that full process. They're not allowing, yeah, the Mm. full process. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and, and like, I, like I'm a really big advocate for meditation and how Mm. everyone should meditate in my opinion, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever you feel is right. But, uh, yeah, I love the fact that tea ceremonies are a great introduction to getting into that. And so in terms of tea ceremonies, I know we touched on the side pour, the side handle pour, and then there's also the leaves in the bowl. Mm. What, there was another one, um, Gong Fu. Gong Fu. Can yeah. you explain Gong Fu to me? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, I have only sat for Gong Fu. Okay. I am not a Gong Fu practitioner, mm-hmm. mainly because I have two small children and I, it's hard enough to keep my teaware like yeah. <laughs> sacred and special. So until I can build like a more reserved space, mm-hmm. I don't want to. It's a whole other um, tea setup. It's a smaller pot, smaller cups. There's like, um, yeah, some other elements. Um, and I generally find like when I've sat for a gong fu, you want like in the highest quality tea that you could possibly get because it's you get so much exposure to taste and aroma mm. so like 
I find they, you know, a lot of times gong fu is, is reserved for really unique teas. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do it with anything, but the times that I've sat for it, okay. um, it's to really experience the, the tea itself. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So definitely yeah. if it's like a super, super high quality tea, mm-hmm. like you'd want to do it like that style. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then also I, I thought it was kind of being that I had never been in tea ceremonies. I thought it was interesting that, um, in the tea ceremony, the pours are pretty fast. Like you pour the mm-hmm. water in and it doesn't steep for a super long period no. of time. It's, you know, seconds really. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're pouring. And so I was always wondering like, why did they like, they don't let it steep, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, um, I, I think I was hearing that it's because you want to taste the tea at every different stage mm-hmm. through the brewing process, right? If I just kind of like steeped it super long in that first pour, first of all, that first pour mm-hmm. would be really intense. Yeah. Like kind of yeah. knock your socks off. Yeah. Um, and then the other pours would be so much lighter and not bad, just like it'd be such like a contrast. So I don't know if you've noticed, but like the the color for the most part stays relatively consistent in the sit. Like, yes, if you compared your first cup to your very last cup, there would be the biggest difference. Right. But it's a really slow, gentle process through the tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, pretty neat. I, I I just think it's so interesting how something so uh, simple and, and, you know, uh, something that we take for such granted, like there's so much more to it, right? So, mm-hmm. many, so much more depth. But. I think it, it, to me, it touches on like doing things with intention mm-hmm. and being present in what you do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why this is coming to me, but like, I feel like when I was at the center, you know, you talked, they would talk about like when you're brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. brush your teeth. Yeah. When you're washing the dishes, wash the dishes. Don't do 400 other things while you're doing a simple task, just do the simple task. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm horrible at it. So like, that's not me preaching to any of you or you. That's like me preaching to me. Um, but As a I, mother of two, though, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I don't blame you for wanting some efficiency in your life. Efficiency yeah. is my life at the moment. But yeah. I, I do think the, that is part of when I'm, when I'm pouring tea, that's like the most present I am. Yeah. You know? Because if I'm not, you'll notice like I'll hit cups or I'll knock things because mm. you're not paying attention to where's my elbow, where's my arm, like where's the tea pouring, right. you know? Right. Yeah. Bringing just more presence into into your actions. And I think, mm. um, would you say that's probably like the biggest takeaway or benefit you've received from tea in your life is just the ability to kind of be more present in each moment or... Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think I'm so grateful that I had such a strong practice before I had kids because I think parents meditating might be like one of the biggest, like if parents aren't meditating, I honestly have no idea how they get through the day and I'm not sure they do. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but my husband knows like if I don't have tea or I don't meditate, like we're all going down, the ship is going down. <laughs> yeah. So because I had such a strong practice before I had my girls, it was really easy for me to return in a simple way mm. and like make room for them at my practice um, and allow for that presence. And like, for, for me, it's about presence, but it's also about like feeling the external energy. And when you are that present, I can feel like, I can feel the energy of those on the other side of the table for me. I can feel my own energy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think people sometimes miss out on like, what does their own energy feel like? 
And it allows me for that in the morning to like pull myself together, be in my own energy and then go about my day. Yeah. You know, it's so, it's so key. I mean, I don't have kids, but definitely if I don't do my morning meditations and practices, I, I notice it throughout my day. Totally. You know, I'm just, I'm not as maybe mentally all there or just maybe making the best of decisions or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, but, and then also I obviously you're wearing all these beautiful jewelry pieces. <laughs> and so, sorry, what's the name of your, of your jewelry? Cam. Line? C-A-M. Cam. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, which is also another form of art because yeah. tea yeah. obviously is a form of art as mm-hmm. well, but um, jewelry and jewelry making is such a form of art. And um, I would imagine that that's also a time when you would have to be very present and mindful in mm-hmm. your practice. Yeah. Well, my, like my, the type of jewelry I make is also really rooted in nature mm-hmm. and the elements of nature. So tea allows me to have more contact with nature throughout my day, even though I don't like live in the woods, like I'd like to, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it like being with the leaf and being slow and sitting and just like watching the nature that's unfolding outside mm-hmm. um, and really slowing all down, you know, helps me as a mom, a business owner, helps me, me understand like what I'm doing with my jewelry mm-hmm. um, and like my art. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that mm-hmm. you said that it's like rooted in, in the elements in nature as mm-hmm. well. Um, do you like, do your art pieces like, do they resemble certain pieces of like, different elements or something or not necessarily so you know a little bit away from tea but i do mm-hmm. all of my pieces are crafted in clay Whoa. and then i mold them and cast them in metal so okay. that i'm able to get like that clay texture wow um and then i'll make certain alterations to them you know in the wax and stuff like that and when i'm setting stones but i try to make sure that like earthy grounded quality is part of all of my work I love that. You know, That's and so I want cool. it to like the, I cast things neither in solid metals. So I want people to like wear them and ding them up and get them dirty and be in the earth with them. Mm-hmm. And so what did my, my friend described my, my jewelry once as like fancy, but not fussy. Like it's not like delicate <laughs> cool. and easily cool. breakable yeah. or, you know, everything I, I make can be repaired or bettered with time. I like that though. Cause definitely I'm like, I'm not very mindful in a lot of parts of my day. And I'm very like, um, it's something I'm working on, but I'm, I'm a little bit like rough in my actions. And so even like my Apple watch, like it's got dings all over. And I'm like, I should have got a protector for that. But yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. To... I'm not a gentle person. Yeah. Either. Like the most gentle I am is during tea. Like that's like yeah. the one people that know me like in real life and then sit with me during tea. They're like, those are two very interesting different speeds of people yeah so that's mm-hmm. crazy yeah oh uh, that's so cool that you do the clay like clay molds of it as well mm-hmm. it kind of made me think of like the pots as yep. well and just like the way they're created like it's such a delicate art form as well mm-hmm. that's cool like i feel like there's a lot of crossover between the jewelry and the tea as well for me i mean yeah because i've been the my practices have been going like roughly the same amount of time so they're really informed okay. by each other Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, we're already, <laughs> we already talked for like 50 minutes. Really? Yeah. The time <laughs> has flown by. Um, so I typically don't like to go too much longer than like yeah, an that's, hour. That's so. totally fine. Tea, man. It just gets you down a wormhole. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's one of those things every time I'm at, I am, um, it's, 
and and I have a tea serving, you know, you think like an hour is going to be a long period oh, yeah. of time and it flies, flies by, by. Yeah. crazy. So my husband's like, wait, when are you coming home? And I'll be like, I don't know. He's yeah. like, yeah, you're going for tea. I was like, yeah, I'll be home in like four hours, maybe yeah. more. I don't know. <laughs> when when the time is right and all the, the sensations of the yeah, tea exactly. have subsided. Like, not... yeah. <laughs> I can't be on a time schedule when there's tea involved. Yeah. No, I don't blame you on that. That's That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But um, in terms of this, this talk we've had, is there anything you want to touch on with tea or even your jewelry as well or just maybe um, something you would like to leave the listeners with in terms of uh, teachings or lessons that really resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, I, if you have, if you live in a place where there are serving, like check it out. First of all, though, check out Global Tea Hut. The one of the best things that's come out of the past two years is they've been so proactive about putting together courses online now, which is not something that really existed before. So. Um, there's a huge opportunity to access knowledge directly from Global Tea Hut, hmm. um, which would be your best place to learn. And and I think, you know, the setup is so beautiful. And I, I know for myself, like even when I started out, like there's a, um, you really want all the things so you can have it as beautiful. But honestly, like just um, a bowl and get some from some tea from you know, global tea hut or living tea or something and start there Yeah, and then add all the other pieces as you grow. But, you know, build your set with your practice. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to like build your whole thing at once. Yeah. I think that's it's a so very tempting. valuable. It, yeah. So tempting to get all the things off the bat because well, it's, so so beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's you almost know? like, um, I, I feel like the art or the, the tea setup is almost just like a piece of, not furniture, but you know, like decor in itself, you know, Oh, it's so absolutely. Pretty. It's so aesthetically pleasing. And that's like, it's so nice that it's also accessible mm-hmm. at the moment. But like, I do think there is like when I first started, there was none of it was accessible. Like I'm left-handed, mm-hmm. but I serve tea right-handed because oh. that's what was accessible at the time. I couldn't even get like a le- left-handed pot. Wow. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm serving right-handed if I want a pot, you know? So yeah. The accessibility is a blessing and a curse because it makes people forget to start simple, but just start yeah. simple. I think that's, but that's, that's perfect because really yeah. the, the practice is the silence and it's about simplicity. Yeah. And enjoying the tea. Yeah. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really but above really all, fine. just pick a beautiful spot to do your leaves in a bowl. Yeah. Is there you like know? a spot that you've been that is like your favorite place to have tea or serve tea? Anytime there's tea in nature, like really nature, I think is so nice. Mm-hmm. I personally, like for my own practice, I either sit in my camper looking outside mm-hmm. or like, oh, we have a big bedroom window and I love sitting in the same spot every day. So then I observe, okay, the hummingbirds are here today. Okay. They're making a nest or they're building it or they're laying eggs or I think it's nice to sit in a nature spot every day to build your personal practice. Yeah. That's really deep because I don't think we take time to look at one spot and notice the changes of no, time with it, right? No, you forget, like, you can still steward a piece of land in the city, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's about recognizing the small changes and making mental note of them and understanding your little piece of piece of land that you're able to look at every day, you right. know? Yeah, I so, love that so much. Yeah, that's my favorite place then. <laughs> that's cool. 
Well, um, I think that's going to do it for the episode, yeah. but I want everyone to know how they can best connect with you. Um, yeah. as, as well, you said you serve tea most of the time at IAM on Sundays, correct? Yep, usually Sunday evenings. Right now it's at 6 o'clock okay. um, most Sundays. If not me, then there's usually, as of right now, we have a Tuesday, Thursday, which I think you've been to. Mm-hmm. But they also have beautiful workshops, so check them out. And be join up with global tea hub because then if you don't live in los angeles that's a great way to find out about like is there someone in your city that's serving and you know make a new tea friend to to learn from right because it's about community anyway so um usually tea people are very willing to like have a stranger over and chat tea and share the tea (laughs) exactly yeah that's cool it's like a dream so yeah very cool. And then yeah. so, um, and then as well on Instagram. Oh yeah, um, to actually find me. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can find you in the yeah, woods, so serving tea, you right? You can definitely find me in the woods. Yeah. Um, camstudio.love is my mm-hmm. jewelry Instagram, camstudio.love. Okay. And my personal one is with love CMD. Okay. So if you have tea questions, um, you can message me on either of those. Cool. And I'm always happy to field any tea questions or connect people. Awesome. Yeah. yeah well, I think you're a wealth of knowledge on tea. So <laughs> definitely make sure to reach out yeah. to, uh, to you. And then I will go ahead and post that in the show notes. Yeah, so uh, anything that you want listed in there, we'll have in there. And thank you very much for coming on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Alrighty. You guys know what to do. Do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.